If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you'll have heard me banging the drum for Airdrie Ladies Football Club. You've helped us to raise £215 towards their costs, and we were delighted earlier this year to see Diamonds in the Community come on as their headline sponsor. That should help make their model sustainable, but we can always do more. And we're delighted to welcome Beer52 as a podcast sponsor with a novel scheme which should help everyone. Here's how it works. How does it offer a free beer sound to you? As a loyal listener of the show, we'd like to reward you with just that, free beer. Thanks to our friends at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight free exclusive craft beers from around the world. All you have to do is go to beer52.com forward slash Airdrie and cover just 4 for the postage. Airdrie fans know that for the best football thrills, you have to search far and wide. And when it comes to beer, the guys at Beer52 are no different. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise then that they're the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes to date have included Germany, Korea, Norway, South Africa, California, Finland and many more. But they haven't forgotten their roots. They're based right here in Scotland and they're also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer52 is they don't hold you to ransom and you can leave any time. And how does it help Airdrie ladies? For everyone who signs up to their scheme, Beer52 will donate £5 towards the ladies' fundraising cost. I've already signed up. In fact, I've had a Damarex appeal from the Harbour Brewing Company while editing this podcast and celebrating our win today against East Fife. You can sign up at beer52.com forward slash Airdrie. That's the word beer and the numbers 5 and 2. I also have to say a massive thanks to Sandy Snedden. He's given £20 towards the Airdrie ladies team. Not through the Beer52 scheme, but the GoFundMe page is still open. It's gofundme.com forward slash Airdrie dash ladies dash fundraising. All donations to the ladies team will be massively appreciated and help them with their title push this year. Only the Lonely. The season's at the three-quarter mark and I'm joined by our panellists to try and shed some light on what might happen from here on in. First up, a resident statistician, John O'Brien, gives us the numbers game. What might Adrian need to do to seal a playoff place or even push for the title? Then he's joined by fellow panellists Alan Porteous and Brian Smith as they look back on a disappointing third quarter and consider what the Diamonds might need to do in their push for the line and then from the present to the past. Justin Fashion has been inducted into the English Football Hall of Fame. We look back on his time with Airdrie and all the glamour that came with it. And then as a treat, Alan Portis has written a book, a fictional work in Scottish football, and he reads us an excerpt from his chapter giving an opposition fan's view of Airdrieonians and Old Broomfield. It's the 7th of March, we're back at the 4Ls again, massive thanks to them for giving us their function suite. It's a lovely space if anyone's looking for birthday parties, weddings, bar mitzvahs, Airdrie Aces gatherings, whatever you want, they can they can accommodate you. Like the agenda, I'm, I'm up and down with where Airdrie are, I'm really at a loss as to how the season has gone, how it's going to end up. Um, John, our, oh sorry, I've not introduced everyone, how rude. Uh, joined by Alan Porteous, hi Alan. Hello there, how are you doing? John O'Brien. Hello. And making a comeback, Brian Smith. 
Hello again. Right now, Brian's been on the golf course this morning, says he's done no homework. Alan's frankly looking to see who the last five matches were against. John, you're a resident stats expert and you've prepared a bit for us. So where, where are we at the moment? Where are we? Well, really, I've always maintained from the outset that a minimum 15 points per quarter would be good for us. Uh, we failed in two and passed in one. 14, 18, 13 are the, the differentials. But the, the, the points that uh, really make the difference here are our point, points averages against the top four teams. Now, Montrose, we've only taken three points out of nine against. Wraith Rovers, none against uh, nine and Falkirk, which is the best yet, five out of nine. And the team we play today, East Five, we've got four out of nine. Now, that worries me because in total, that's 12 points out of a potential 36 matches. You know, uh, and if we follow that basis, 25% against the top four who are going, including ourselves, top five, then that worries me because that only gives us three points from a possible 12 if, if the process would follow again. But, you know, we've obviously, I see the next three games as critical for us because we are, uh, it's before we face the uh, Falkirk Wraith Rovers double header away from home. So, therefore, we are at home today against these five, away to Forfar, and then at home to Dumbarton. These are critical games because when teams are playing against these five and Falkirk and even Montrose uh, double headers, you know, that is a great opportunity for us to play catch-up. Uh, you asked me to write something about the, the quarter three stats. The quarter three stats shows us to have had a better defence, certainly. Five goals against uh, conceded, whereas 10 and 10 in the first two quarters, but only eight goals scored, uh, whereas 10 and 19 in our successful quarter. And the reason for that, quite simply, we had uh, more drawn games than we ever had, and that's that's the problem. We only had two victories. When you only have the likes of that, that, that's not good enough. Where would I say we require to improve? Well, sad to say that uh, the time that Airdrie actually finished fifth on 58 points in 2014-15, uh, they, they missed out. You know, that was the closest league, you know, when there was three teams challenging. Morton won the league on 69 points, the lowest total in the last decade, effectively. We, under Mark Wilson, I thought we were very fortunate with two great goal scorers, but we made the playoffs with 52 points. You know, and that was very, very fortunate because there was a team below us, breaking on 15. Where are they going now? They're going right out of the league, I do believe. Uh, but twice a team's qualified on 51 points and 49 I think the total we really need, needn't to get is, again, my 60-point my figure, at least a minimum. So, therefore, that requires a minimum five five victories to get that. Or, uh, if and you, and four, I'm changing the rules to four points a game. Well, three points a game, <laughs> three points a game uh, uh, you know, in which, that you draw does cost you very dearly. You know, because the, the league would be, be split. There are teams who have... We, we have lost of the top four clubs. We've lost most. You know, and that, that is a, the, the concern for us. The points total, you'd asked me and suggested, how much do we need to... 15 points, I would say, at the very least. Because of that. And uh, to win the league, I would suggest, we'd probably need to beat uh, East Fife... And, uh, not East Fife, uh, Falkirk and Wraith Rovers en route as part of getting something like uh, another 18 points plus 
you know, as we did. This is the final quarter is a, a repeat, shall we say, of when we did get 18 points. The fixtures lie exactly the same format. So that's when we, we had the Falkirk away when, you know, beaten by a nine-man Wraith Rovers team, you know. So the fixture would be the same. That would take us to uh, 63 points. And frankly, it's, it's 69 was the lowest that's won the league in the last decade. So you're aiming really at possibly, you know, the lowest total uh, winning the league. If, if we were to get, what, 27, it would take us to 72. You know, so that's the kind of consideration. I always said it's it's a good thing that there's four teams involved in the process along with us because they're all cutting each other's throat and that's, I think, what we're looking for in the final quarter. Right, Alan, the eternal optimist, we've, we've missed you the last couple of podcasts. What, what, three quarters of the way through the season, is your glass three quarters full or is the beer terrible? Where, where are you at? I'm, I'm not terribly sure, actually. I, I was at the Dumbarton game when with... In this, uh, Murray's first game, and despite the terrible, terrible conditions, we actually played really, really well. Suddenly, the guy came in and we looked balanced. You know, the midfield was playing better. We were overlapping. We created chances, and, and I was quite g'd up at, at that point. And following that, Clyde, Clyde was a not quite as good a performance, but we, you know, I had them in a coup, in my coup, and we won. It was, it was a relatively easy. Game and we're thinking, you know, an easy win, and, and and I'm thinking, sort of moving forward from that. I didn't go to I didn't go to Peterhead for my shame. Um, didn't go to Peterhead. Although it looked like a nice day. My mate was up there, and it was heaving rain here, and I I thought, you know, I'm going to get caught in the snow and whatever. Got a photograph down of them standing in like not a cloud in the sky weather. So, but apparently it was very windy. Again, a good result. And then we get to and then we get to last week, and you know the the heart seemed to not be there the same as it had been before you know slightly stranger team selections again and what have you so it's maybe it's just Airdrie maybe you get the you know you get the uh, the the hope that, that builds within you and then uh, you know you, just as you start to rely upon it it falls by the wayside a wee bit so I kind of my answer is I, I kind of don't know I, I, I don't know much as it's been for for long and weary we we the hope is that the, re- the results will go our way. I'm still not absolutely convinced that the performances on a consistent basis will dictate that we'll get those results. I'm, I'm confused as well. I spoke to Stuart Miller at the halfway point in the season and the real feeling I got from that was that they'd identified the the problem was fitness levels and that they got themselves fitter. They'd had that brilliant five-match win and run in the league and we thought, like, okay, we'll, we'll kick on now. This is We're going to be involved in a title mm-hmm. race and then we've had such a flat third quarter with just too many draws, starting to change selection again. I mean, last week, I'm not sure that the team selection was that strange because they'd won the last two games, they didn't make lots of changes. I think my big my big problem was that that, that Thompson, despite scoring a goal in the previous game, um, was suddenly leading the line with Ryan. And and, and I know Ian Murray was sort of defending the, the, the situation a little bit by saying that, that Gallagher wasn't particularly fit and, Gallag- and, and Carrick wasn't particularly fit. But that was kind of fudging the issue a wee bit. The, the problem was that your your, your last 15-20 minutes impact winger was leading the line and not a forward. And in actual fact, when he brought Roy on, I thought Roy actually looked pretty sharp last week. Um, so probably that was his chance to shine a wee bit. And again, you just kind of get left feeling that 
you know, we're, we're, we're not playing our strongest 11 against the team in front of us. I think he's got a bit confused because Josh Kerr came in and has played really well and Crichton obviously went out, you know, for illness. Club captain, do you then instantly bring him back? Mm. Josh Kerr played well, so he then left him out. And then last week, half-time, he brings him on again. Mm. And, and I can mm. understand why, why, why he did that. The other thing for me at the moment is, and I hate to say this, and I'm going to get blasted for this, since Andy Ryan came back, we've actually not scored that many goals. No. And there seems to be an obsession, and certainly in my mind anyway at the moment, there's an obsession to playing Andy Ryan at the, you know, if I'm Callum Gallagher, I'm thinking, hold on a minute, I've, I'm the top goal scorer here, but I'm, I'm out, you mm. know, and... I thought John mentioned it earlier two great goal scorers the last time when Matt Wilson was a manager and for me you know I think Andy Ryan needs to play with someone but I'm not convinced I actually like Thompson I think he's quite a decent player but I don't think he's the guy to be sitting playing at, at, you know there with Andy Ryan no that's not, that's, my, and, that's my point yeah so so therefore you know if, if, if Dale's not quite fit enough that, that's, that's fine but you know both of them are sitting on the bench, therefore, surely it's worth gambling with one, and then if it's not working, you or, or or they're not fit enough, then you bring on the other. That that would have been my idea, certainly for for last week. I think it still, but it still boils down to that intensity, though. I thought we were very much at our best. Well, you know that that six game run that that, that we had. I wouldn't have said in the games I saw we played scintillating football, but the effort that, that we put in it was more than enough to combat most of the teams in this league. And, as, and what it tends to show is, as soon as that dips below that, I'm not absolutely convinced we're a good enough footballing th- team to make up for that. I think you're right. I, I, interestingly enough, I thought we had an assistant manager bounce, which was was something quite unusual. And and we've we've, I think we've kind of fallen back into everything's nice and normal again. Mm. Right. So I'm now not convinced that there was the feeling of the fans was well actually this isn't Ian Murray's idea this is Colin Cameron's idea I'm not convinced that that now that that was the case I think that was the plan all along and what and your point about is we've lacked that intensity and also lack a little bit of of playing the ball on the deck and start you know pushing the balls into channels and and try to hit the top. That's not the way to play. And when you go and watch the reserves, that's not the way they play. So I don't quite understand why we, on, on the pitch that we've got and most other teams have got, that we don't try and play the ball on the ground. Because when we do, I actually think we're pretty decent. I think we have a problem, and it goes way back, actually, almost to the Clyde game. And that is where we concede first, we don't win. And haven't won. The only game we got back into was Falkirk, you know. And uh, well, did he five score first against us in the two-two draw, or did uh, we score first? Yeah, I think we did. In uh, the, in the yeah. first Clyde game, uh, but that was a long time ago now. So I mean, and then the, then there was the, uh, the the Hearts game, which you know would have deflated a lot of people because there was high expectation and high numbers attending that game. So that's where the the difficulty. Uh, happen throughout the, the third quarter effectively. I think what we have to do is ensure that we we don't leave anything to spare. I, I, I thought John Crichton's 
yeah, we're in it together uh, article was excellent today and hopefully it gets all the, the fans on board, even those who are displeased because, to be honest, sometimes our home record uh, uh, has, has improved significantly. Against Montrose last week, I thought that had it not been for the penalty they got, I don't think I think we could, we could have got out of that there with a nil nil draw, so maybe we had set up for that on the basis of injuries. Uh, and and Montrose were on a really good run. Man. They were on they were a good on run. Very good run. So, so I can kind of see. Thankfully, that. They, yeah. they 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 are poor travellers to an extent, and that showed in midweek when they lost to Clyde. The final quarter is going to be very tense because for a lot of the clubs who are uh, in the bottom half of the league. Bardon Barton, who I think are safe now, uh, they're going to have they'll be drinking at last chance saloon and in danger of falling into the playoff place. Mm-hmm. So they will give a greater effort, knowing that a, a victory, you know, yep. we've well, taken. That, that's that's my worry, John, because yeah. I think Ian Murray's record against teams, especially coming to coming to Excelsior, that have been sitting in the bottom two or the bottom three, is absolutely horrendous. You know, if they come out with a bit of resolve. Um, we've got we've got a terrible record with that. I feel that we've not really laid our hands on Wraith Rovers greatly. Falkirk, it's kind of it's a bit of a mishmash. So what that leaves you with is it's games like today. It's it's like playing against them, winning against them, Barton, Clyde, East Fife. That that's where we have probably done our best. I thought the Dumbarton and Clyde performances like you were, 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 were particularly good. Uh, for the record I've got Adrian the Coupon today because I actually fancy us today. I, I think this is this is a watershed day. So do I. I think we have to really go and, 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 and win this game for us just to get a bit of momentum to get moving again. So do I. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the I'm hoping that uh, Innes, uh, Innes Murray is the linchpin if you like. The, the, I, I did feel that um, that, that at Dumbarton he, he looked as if he was going to be the missing link to, to, to a certain extent. Um, that that you know maybe maybe he can. I, I don't think he's been as forceful in the last couple of games. Although I'm led to believe that he's been playing reserve games for Hibs. Hmm. And uh, well, that is allowed. So it, oh, it is allowed. But I mean, it's, it's it's a big ask, you know, and it's a bit disappointing for, for hmm. us that we're thinking we need a high intensity, you know, hmm. player that's going to sort of you know push things forward for us and blend well with. Weather, Burn and Miller, who I yeah. think that's that was the real thing for us. You know, mm. he his performance at Dumbarton made them look better and gave them more time on the ball. And um, I, 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 and I just thought, as I said right at the very start, there was a bit of balance there. But if he's coming in and he's a jaded guy that's that's playing his fifth game in two weeks or something like that, then you know you're not going to get as much from him. And I certainly didn't feel there was as much from him last week as indeed probably that could be labelled a few of the players. The comments. On, on his dead ball eh, last week was was particularly you know poor and that that wasn't like him because I think on, right. on on his left foot he's very strong you know and I think there is there is hope there that if he's on his game he actually will sort of pull us through because I think there's a dead ball there that that somebody could go in the end. Aye, they weren't they weren't that great and we did have especially in the first half with a few with a few reasonable chances that you think he said three or four to put it in a dangerous area. I must be honest, there was a couple that I thought he did put it in a dangerous area and it just there wasn't a forward there attacking it. But there were a couple that weren't so great either. So yeah. And the point has been made before that you've got throughout this team McCann, McDonald, Murray but you've got a whole load of youngsters or Ed Kerr, 
McCann, uh, we've said McKay already. A lot of guys who haven't played a full season in senior football. Mm. So yeah, we had that great run and it's dipped off since. It's maybe just about them, whether it's it's almost like a fitness issue of not playing a full season right. and that being different. Well, I, 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 I kind of thought seen the fitness thing. I, I don't really get the fitness, but I, I understand at that point in time when Stuart had said that we've recognised that there is an element of fitness involved in it. Now, if, if that's the case and they've identified it and they've then addressed it, then then that's now not the issue, you know. And and I sometimes think, for me, the issue is, in fact, I agree with Alan. It, it, it's in, you know the intensity, a, a lack and, of willingness uh, to press. Aye, and and when we do, I think we look really. I, I I've been mm-hmm. Dumbarton particularly. I thought we were really impressive because there was there seemed to be that that level of enthusiasm. And, and they were willing to, to basically run through a brick wall. And in this level and in this league, that actually is about 60% of what you need aye, to do. Aye, this league's not good enough. If you if you get in your opponent's faces, they'll kick the ball away. You don't give them time. They will not They will not turn in a sixpence no. and, and play a, a telling pass on you. How was their performance last time against... I missed the, the home game against East Fife, our best one of the season. So did I. Uh, so I, I, I was hearing good things about it. So I mean, I know, I know Young plays a certain way, Mister Young and his East Fife team. Uh, and, but their last few results, uh, although their three victories all came against the bottom three, yeah. uh, but all I think something like one nothing. You know, so I don't think I think what they will be doing is playing a counter attacking game today, and we've got to combat that. Which doesn't so, help us, in fairness. No, and I thought the way they played the first time. I, I and I thought it was a pretty even game. Even at one 0 Andrew, I thought it was a pretty even game. But when it went to two 0 to us, then I do think that we we took over. And then the defeats have been self inflicted. The, the ones oh, up, last, up at Methil, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, the one, the, the last game at Methil, the two each draw, we went two one up, and then just got further and right. further and further back. And at that point in time, and I mentioned this in the Hearts podcast, they had got wise to putting the ball right on top of David Hutton, and and that, that's what they did basically. And we fell asleep, and and we should have walked away with that with three points, and that would have made a massive difference. Mm. But no point in you know, yeah. It's gone. Hutton so, back today? Uh, don't know yet. Actually, I'll have a look. Would you play him back? Would you put I him would. back in? I would because I wouldn't personally. I would. I would keep Gallagher. What, what, he's not done anything. He's not done anything. Not wrong. done anything. <laughs> he's, not, he's lost two goals. Apart, apart from drop the ball. Uh, yeah, well, the, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. The spill at uh, Peter Hedge, which didn't look too clever, no. and that he got away with, and he didn't look confident. So if if you're pointing. To the weakness in Hutton's game being the cross ball, I don't think he showed that he's stronger. But, but he, for me, he was dropping the ball quite a bit as well before he got dropped. Uh, he was, I and think I, his confidence got to a level where you know you, I would need to be convinced that he was back to where he was because I don't, I don't think Scott Gallagher deserves to be. And look at Tinkasa, I thought he had a torrid afternoon. Yeah, but, but I, I blame Mister, I blame Ian Murray for that day because he changed the formation and we were had playing well up to that care point. Care playing in midfield Why out of nowhere. They, 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 I actually had the unfortunate experience of having to be in the heart's end away because my hospitality seat was, was taken by Chinese people. Oh, the fat uh, cats and the football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually very <laughs> enjoyable. And I've got another free day out because they messed up for me. But anyway, standing behind... And because Airdrie messed up for you? No, <laughs> yeah, that was the second part. Uh, watching it in the first half, us defending that goal was scary stuff because they, they were all over the place. Well, to me, Hutton's just got far more credit in the bank because last season and at the start of this season with games where he'd say which were as good as goals and yes, his level had dipped but I don't think Gallagher's come in and looked 
like looked as good as Hutton at shortstop, and, and I don't think he's any better on crosses. So I would put here's the team. Have you got the team? I was just looking at it. Gallagher, McDonald, Kerr, Crichton for Dice, Craig Thompson, Nat Wedderburn, Callum Gallagher, Paul Mackay, Dale Carrick, Callum Smith. No, uh, Andy Ryan. Not even on the bench. Was he not injured? Did he not I get, heard he, he took a knock early last week. So, you know the interesting thing there. I've just looked at it. You know, Kieran Miller's on the bench. I actually think Kieran Miller's been one of your best players. I think season. he's been doing really well the last, especially I, I, the last I'm, five I'm six games. Very surprised. And you know how critical I was. You know, season, I, yeah. I thought he was a luxury for long and weary, but you know, absolutely not. He's getting to his man. He's a bit of an immovable object. He's. Well, I'd um, said that in the last podcast I was on. I don't know how many times I had said, "Well done, Miller." Mm. Uh, so much so I told his dad at the bottom, so uh, who I didn't realise it was actually who was sitting beside me. That was lucky. Uh, so that was lucky. Because <laughs> he went, that's my boy. I went, oh, that's good. All that said, <laughs> we're five points behind the Wraith Rovers team who we've gifted nine points to. Uh, the winning run we went on, John, you've said, was when it was this this particular fixture run. Uh, Falkirk and Wraith Rovers don't look that convincing either. So... Uh, at the same time as I'm not sure we'll definitely make the playoffs, it's not inconceivable that you string a few wins together before you play Wraith Rovers and you get the chance to go above them when you go up to Starch Park. Um, we'll just need to, to wait and see. But It's a real leap of faith, Colin, but, but it's not inconceivable yeah. because there's nobody that's particularly outstanding. I think, it, you said, today's a crunch match and then you've got two winnable games after it. You'd need to take those nine points to be right in their coattails. Yeah, and then... We didn't do it last time we went up to Starch Park, but you'd, you'd have a chance at that point. Definitely. We're due a break against them. I, can't, I genuinely feel we're due a break against them. I think they have carried all of their good fortune against us, you know, in the three matches. The game, the game at Starch Park was frighteningly bad in terms of refereeing. You know, like the guy saved it, let's face it. You know, it should have been a draw, at least. I didn't think we played badly there. Oh, it was a clear penalty. Oh. Massively, uh, up there, yeah, so two I mean, hands wasn't even one. You know, but the game. So the last podcast we did was before the Wraith Rovers home match, uh, and I was sitting next to you, Brian. What I couldn't get my head round was when he made the substitution to take off was it Miller uh, and put on. He put on the boy Riley. Uh, well, we ended up with he put Ali Roy on at half time, and then he put Gallagher on, so he had to drop. So we ended up. Oh, with, I know, I was like, that was the away game, but the was home game. Yeah, oh, the home game. Ah, was I had five forwards. He's five forwards yeah, on the yeah, pitch. Yeah. And to which I kept saying to Colin, what is he doing? Because the, it's all right having five forwards, but who's going to provide no. you the, 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 the quality to actually get the ball? In the it's, it's like having a gun fight. and forgetting yeah. to bring your bullets. Aye, it was a bit like that. You know? But Ian Murray seems to be all about a level of professionalism, training properly. I imagine they do shape sessions. I don't think for a second they've ever done a shape session where you've had those five forwards on the pitch and you would know how to play. So it just seemed desperate. We're still 20 minutes to go and only one goal in the game. And I, that's what I want to come on to. Ian Murray, we're a season and a half into his tenure and I just don't know how I rate him. He's under pressure just now and I think the comments this week in the press kind of responding to the question of his own selection show a man under pressure because I think if you're a manager you've got to have a thicker skin than to to be responding to stuff on pie and ball or, or wherever he'd seen it but I mean we're, we're a year and a half in what do we make of him? I was a wee bit surprised that he it came out of the blue last week his comment you know because he's not he, he doesn't tend to be like that he obviously something rattled him Al and I have discussed this before, I think, in last season, where where I was full of the joys. I, I'm a bit... We're still in the opportunity of 
going getting promotion. He will argue that he is where we should be. Aye, and, and I you think know, that's we've got fair. probably got the third. We've got probably got the third budget in the league, best biggest budget in the league, and we're sitting third. Yeah, you know, so that is it's it's not a disaster by all by all manner. It's means. not a failure. I think I think he gets mm-hmm. very harsh criticism, sometimes deserved, some a lot of time, in my opinion, not deserved. But I think for me, I'm about seventy five twenty five. But I'm still in his favour. If he had if he had achieved the figure of eighteen points per quarter, mm. we'd win the league. Yeah, uh, and he, it's the curse of the manager of the month award, isn't it? And it's mm-hmm. gone uh, downhill since then in terms of results. Strong defensively, mm-hmm. you know, strong defensively, but it's goals that win you matches. You know, it'll be interesting today now that we've seen the team and 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 Andy Ryan's not playing, and and I actually think. I'm a massive fan of Andy Ryan, like probably the majority of, of your mm-hmm. fans are, but I don't think he's played them the way that he's, he's playing totally to his strengths. So today we're back to what I would have said was our most successful combination whilst we were doing well. So it'll be interesting to see if that actually you know makes it into a few goals. You know, and when I say a few goals, I'm only talking about probably two or three because let's face it, we don't score six these days. I'll tell you something else just very quickly, right? And um, you've got me on a roll. Ali Roy, right? So I feel sorry for Ali Roy. And the reason I feel sorry for Ali Roy is he gets whipped on with 20 minutes to go. He gets chucked on with 10 minutes to go. You know, and and then and then the fans just go, oh, Roy, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I think that's unfair because you need a run in the team to allow yourself and then judge him. And, and at the beginning of the season, he got a, a few games... Then he got left out and he's hardly been, you know, seen in, as, as a starter since. I think it didn't. And I think that's a bit harsh. It didn't probably help that the games that he did start. I think he started down at Stranraer, did he? Um, missed a couple of bad uh, ones, and I just always felt that as a striker, he looked a little bit like a man haunted with a little bit of lack of uh, confidence yeah, along the way, then, and just a couple of goals the, the, changes. The last that. his five game, he came on and scored a cracker. You know, so he's he's, he's mm. got it in his locker. Yeah. You know. So, so I, you know, I'm putting a case for Ali Roy. There's a section of the fans that aren't having Ali Roy, and there's a section of the fans that aren't having Ian Murray, and that's, I guess, the challenge for these guys. You, you, you've got to persuade them. Otherwise, I mean, Miller's turned Alan's mm-hmm. opinion off him around this season just with solid performances. And me, I'm going to vote for him for uh, Player of the Year at this moment in time. Who's that? Kieran Miller. Kieran Miller, that's a fair shout. That's I think Kieran Miller understated, totally. A hundred times, no, no, that's not fair on him. I thought there was games last season he did better than people thought. I think this season he's been very, very, very steady. And I think he's really unlucky today not to be playing. My, my choice with a quarter of the season to go is, uh, and it's shown how much we've missed him as Dale Carrick. Mm. It's individual choice. Yeah, it's, yeah and, and to be fair to Dale, he's got a few goals again, you know, and, and, and he walks his socks off. And that was always the argument, I think, was that, you know, particularly last season, what's his socks off, but what do we get at, at the end of it? You know, and, and, and I do think he's improved, so, you know, I think he would be in a shout as well, John, to be fair. Mm. I'm still voting for Cairn Mill at the moment. Mm. I also think there's, a, and this is this is probably just me and my, my foibles, but I still think that uh, the intro, reintroduction in that Wedderburn has, has improved things. There's a stability there. He passes the ball better than the bulk of the players in their squad at the moment. Um, I know it's, it's Marmite with a lot of folk. He's, he's, he's not the quickest. If, if, players, if, other, if the opposition get at him, it's, 
it's 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 a recipe for disaster at times. But again, it's 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 a matter of knowing that and having you know spare guys to be available in the middle of the park to, to you know to slip it quickly and 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 start a move. You can be a lovely left foot. That's Aye. all I'm going to say. The, the guys he put a ball. Th- he, he put a ball through really last week amidst the garbage that we were playing. Mm. Um, that, that just it was you know fifty yard pass that opened up the uh, low, giving the guys a chance. Not one of these, yeah, you know, the number of times in the second half last week that we, we we eventually again had about five forwards up the park, including Crichton, yeah. which that to me is a signal of wave the white flag when you've got Crichton up up at centre forward. That's a disaster, and we just we are prone then to playing big high percentage passes. That, that, that are meat and drink to big defences like that we were playing last week whereas whereas Nat plays the ball on the deck and uh, as I say I it may not be everybody's cup of tea but I, I think I, I think at the moment he deserves his place oh, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. but the key to all was the third midfielder mm. to play with him at the start of the season I think we we agreed that you probably couldn't play Kieran Miller and Wedderburn on the same team because they played so deep and they wanted to play in the same position but I kind of get the impression that they can but at the key to all is the third midfielder you know, within it, and that's why I, I kind of hope, certainly from the, the the first two his first two performances, I kind of hope that uh, Young Murray was going to be the answer to that. Yeah, and he's not playing today, and and you know, Bob McKay's playing, and and Kieran Miller's not, and and sorry guys, that's not for me. No, it's probably not for me either. We've got the <coughs> we've got the the long the long throat in Owen. It's about it's about like what. Uh, it's a bit like Nelson Mandela's long walk to freedom. We've got a long, <laughs> we've got a long throat in Owen. <laughs> when is the game at Falkirk? Uh, it, it did win us the game at Falkirk once, way in the dim and distant yeah, past. Come but come on, you can't be <laughs> best, day, best day of the season. Uh, right, finished then on a high. Uh, a few weeks ago, Mark uh, Mark Perry, the advertiser, gave me a phone call and he just wanted to get some thoughts on Justin Fashion, which really set me thinking. I mean, I was only eight, so your recollections will be different from mine but a lot of that was with hindsight but this unfashionable club still playing at Broomfield at the time bit of the, the probably the most glamorous panic buy we could ever have had uh, trying to stay in the Premier League and the first ever black £1 million footballer rocks up you've got Julie Goodyear pouring <laughs> pints in the, the bar of Oaks which again I've only seen I've only seen like advertiser photos that of that probably made did more than that, did that happen I'm did not that convinced that happened there's been pictures of him walking yeah. through the every town centre God rest him uh, the late Julie around so mm. I mean it was uh, uh, great PR so I would say you know um, there were some times, weren't they? Well, what are your recollections? Because yeah, yeah. I, 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 silly things, like I said to Mark, everybody. So he had a jersey with a collar at the time. I don't know whether he ripped it off or tucked it inside, but Fashion News jersey never had a collar and everything else. <laughs> if they had a shy, he would stand a yard from the throw line, his full height on his toes, and breathe in, and the guy had to throw the ball over him. It made no difference. <laughs> it was just these you know, wee things that he seemed to do, uh, and then. Then the song comes down from the terraces, and I, mean, I don't think it was every fan striking for gay rights or anything, but it was just uh, the way that that caught on and the madness of it all, and the way it encapsulated it. I remember him, the, the fans singing, He's black, he's gay, please for Airdrie. They're all laughing. He went over, gave one coil a big, massive hug, uh, and it was just bizarre times. But what yeah, are your elections of so you? If we had a. So, I, yeah, I wasn't eight at the time. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, if we had a podcast then, I would have probably said, he lacked a wee bit of mobility, <laughs> but he, he was a colossus, and and the the whole excitement about 
one point. I don't think I've ever seen another Airdrie player that's created quite that excitement and come, come on, Come on, Stuart Ingram, surely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of others. Uh, no, I, I, Dougie Laurie, come on. Uh, there's loads of them out there. I used to like his dad and his dad just now. Me and his dad just had a good chat. Uh, I, I thought it was a great signing for us and, and at the time... Uh, we needed something because we were, we were uh-huh. desperate, we were in trouble. Uh, I think he contributed well in his 16, it was 16 games, I think mm. it was. Uh, the goal against Aberdeen, I can remember, springs mm. to mind from way, out, out, wide in the, out wide in the left. Oh, and he, he almost yeah, passed yeah, yeah. it into the, the, the corner of the goals. Mm. The non-scoring game I remember most, uh, see the sign, and it's uh, Rangers 2, Airdrie 2, yeah, and Coyle yeah. both yeah. goals. Justin Fashion, who absolutely hard yeah. men like uh, Goff and uh, John yeah. Brown, he just yeah. bullied them to such yeah, a degree. Was it was wonderful to see. I would love him to be able to get on the end of one of these throw-ins, you know, because he just had the physique and the power to go and and, and do such great... And my funniest memory of him, and I don't know where the picture came from, it was... uh, Did he play the last game at Broomfield? I can't remember. He did, because he stripped off... He stripped off down to just his underpants. It was was his last game, rather than... With another season at Broomfield, but he played the last game of the season. Aye, no, no, yeah, but he he did, and and he... and he stripped off. Oh, I remember that, yeah. and and he had a physique to die for. You know, either I've I fancied him. I've seen two Airdrie players stripped down to their wide fronts. Uh, Graham Harvey at Starts Park in 1991, <laughs> and Fashion coming off the pitch that day. And I cannot think of two human bodies that look more different <laughs> to Graham Harvey. A big fat. A photo negative. <laughs> I was just disappointed. I never saw Julie Goodyear. If I'm honest. <laughs> Is that because you're a big Corey? Corey I was in the days, yeah, yeah, but it's it's peaked, it's passed itself by then, you know. Okay. Other I, things to watch. These I, I, days. I like to think if he'd stayed, that maybe things might have gone a wee bit better for him. I you know? Absolutely, I Is think it not, that's I just, a nail in the head, Alan. I think that's perfect. He, he, he fitted in well. He, he was yeah. playing well. The fans okay. loved him, and and almost became a victim of of that success that he eventually ended up at Hearts and. Whatever, and then totally agree. You know, but he bounced yeah. about. He didn't. He uh-huh. didn't find yeah. a home, did he? And no. He needed. It looks Aye. like he needed stability in his life. If you were looking at it, I wonder how we funded it. That's an incredible thing for me. Uh, well, he was have... walking up the street with Joey around, so that mm. might have had something to do with it. I would have thought. Okay. So, so I, mean, I was just one of these uh, periods in your life. You know, although we were going down, it still there was still something to take from I think from I, the I also got the impression I can remember watching him in the in the first few games and, and it really highlighted the difference in calibre of 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 players that had played at the top level. And and, and was just the technique even, you know, the the way he passed a ball, mm-hmm. you know, that it almost like glided over the Broomfield turf and that took some going gliding over Broomfield turf. You know that that's a really good point because one of my memories is he he, he was very good at telling people what to do as if you know my dad always had this theory about you know certain players that that were ahead of their you know their their Mm. teammates Mm. because they just had that kind of brain Mm. and I always thought that with Ash to be honest because there was a lot of directing and pointing and you know as if to say no that's where I need it and you know that sort of thing so I think that's a really good point Alan actually it was a it was a marvellous introduction to Airdrie both in terms of the football club, but also the town. It was, you know, people were talking about us. It was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You did get good coverage then. So did, 
God rest his soul. And, and I mean, to finish on a, a serious note, football fans get a bad rap, and it's this: oh, no football player could ever come out as gay because uh, the, the 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 stick he would get from the terraces and his teammates wouldn't accept him. But actually, I mean, this crap. is this is back in the dark ages. If you want, it, still terrace and it's still football fans were a lot worse then. Right. Football fans don't care if somebody's a good football player. Not only was he accepted, he was embraced, and I just wish that the world would, would move on and, and, and see yeah, that football fans right. were not that bad. No, absolutely. And the days I used to go into the Albert before the game, just just every game, I used to go to the Albert, have a couple of beers, go to the game, then come back, go have another couple of beers. And I never once heard anybody saying anything derogatory in, in any shape or form. Everybody loved them. Everybody loved them. It was great. And I think that is, is a lesson. Actually, Airdrie, as fans... And we get lots of bad rap. Actually, we should have got a lot of credit for that because, and we, it shouldn't be, society shouldn't be like that. But we loved him, didn't care. At the end of the day, he did a job for us. And, and you know, as I said, God rest his soul. Okay, right. Fingers crossed for the game today, guys. And the next time we're speaking, it's uh, just before a crunch match against Raith Rovers when we can go top of the league, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Okay. Yes, hoping. Fingers crossed. I think it's all about being positive at this stage in the game. Being positive and, get, and getting in about them, getting that intensity back. We are the happy bunch. As I mentioned in the intro, Alan Porteous has written a book on football. It's called Glory Hunting. It's a few years old now, but I've read it and I think it's excellent. I didn't know Alan until we started doing the podcast. But every episode, it's always at least one time when it makes me laugh out loud. The book's a fictional work. It's about three mates who follow their hometown team all over the country, and as part of that, Alan writes about their lives, but also their visits to every ground within the league. If you like the experience of visiting other grounds, and let's face it, who among us doesn't, Alan captures that perfectly within the book. I asked him to do a bit from his chapter in Airdrie, and that's about to follow. Paper copies of the book have sold out, but he's now created an e-book, and if you're an Amazon Prime customer, which again, most people are post-Christmas, go to the Amazon bookstore, Search for Alan Porteous and Glory Hunting, as well as some of his other short stories, should come up. You'll be able to get it for a couple of weeks for free, so you'll be able to try before you buy. It'd be great if we could support Alan in this. This is an excerpt of Chapter 16 of Glory Hunting, entitled A Diamond in the Rough. Diamonds are forever, sang Welsh wriggly-mouthed crooner Shirley Bassey. It was a song she was moved to perform age 12 whilst presenting the 1924 Scottish Cup to Airdrieonians captain George McQueen after the surprise Ibrox victory against a shell-shocked Hibs 11. Wearing a spangly red dress and white FMs, she congratulated each Airdrie player individually before entertaining them with a second tune, a sultry jazz number entitled Boot the Crap Out of Em Boys, a song which sentimentally would be later adopted as the club anthem. But forever is a long time. Ask anyone who's watched the whole edition of Macare on the TV. And on the 1st of May 2002, 124 years after the club's inception, forever no longer became an option to Airdrieonians Football and Athletic Company Limited when they sensationally became the first club since Third Lanark to go out of business and lose a position as a member club of the Scottish League. For Airdrie's small band of faithful fans, dismal times indeed, and we'll come back to that. For the moment though, let's step back those 124 years to a happier age when life was simpler. The offside rule was understandable and few if any in the realms of football had even heard of administrations, insolvency practitioners, creditors meetings and the like. 
Formed in 1878 as Excelsior, this team from the quaint weaver's town of Airdrie, Latin for dry wind of the anus, took little time in making their mark. Indeed, early records show the club's first decade as being a notably eventful one. First up, their home ground of Mavis Bank Park interestingly bore witness to the world's first penalty kick, taken and clinically converted by a Royal Albert player exotically known as the Lad McCluggage. Following on from this momentous event, the team name was then changed to Airdrionians, not Airdrionians as I once amusingly noticed on the scarf of a young Diamond fan visiting Wilmot Park. And with this new elongated moniker came an impressive number of early victories, none possibly more so than a 10-2 gubbing of Rangers one snowbound Saturday, which remains the Jers' record defeat to this day. Finally came the club's first honour via the prestigious Lanarkshire Cup, a crushing defeat of Cambus Lang by five goals to one. As the Coatbridge Express reported it, the young Airdrie fellows, fresh from their annual team holiday, taking in the waters of the local spa at Rumpelia Loch, defeated their Glasgow opponents in fine and proud fashion. Were the Onians to have shown full vigilance throughout the game and refrained from stopping to enjoy the view of a nearby Orange Walk parade, a clean sheet would surely have been secured. In 1892, the club moved from the damp, unkempt squalor of Mavis Bank Park to Broomfield Park, a venue that the club chairman of the time insisted enthusiastically was a bit less inviting. Little did he realise that in completing the move he was establishing an unnerving home that almost 100 years later would be cited by 95% of Scottish League players profiled in the daily record as being their least favourite away ground. And why was it so bad? Well, there was a pitch for a start. It was so narrow a 10-year-old could score from a corner and its coarse, patchy surface had a series of dips and trenches you could comfortably repel a German invasion from. Then there was the stand with its high frontage and wooden bench seating. It was like a mini version of Pataudry's old main stand, only with older, grumpier, more psychotic supporters housed in its centre section. Managers and substitutes sitting on the bench level, just below the scalping line, got it the worst, but the abuse could carry, sometimes as far as the terracing on the other side of the pitch, where it would be absorbed, considered, then spat back with interest, decapitating any poor unsuspecting player who wasn't paying attention or didn't have the common sense to duck. The rest of the ground was little better. The terracing was so close to the pitch that mental old Jakey smelling of buckfast tonic wine whispered in your ear when you took a shy. A narrow blazed track ran around the pitch ensuring that when you were dumped unceremoniously out of play, fairly or otherwise, you would spend three weeks picking red ash out of your hair toes, ass and the big septic gashes on both your knees. As if things weren't bad enough, the changing rooms were housed in a small pavilion stand sitting in the northwest corner of the ground. Assuming the players and the officials safely negotiated the low cemented stairs leading to the pitch without breaking an ankle, the first volley of abuse from the posh seats perched high above them in the pavilion's rickety wooden body would be enough to send a distasteful shiver down the most muscular of backs. History tells that in the last competitive match played at Broomfield, a talented and accomplished Infermline side missed out on promotion as they fell to a mediocre Airdrie team with little to play for in competitive terms. And this pretty much sums Broomfield up. A man trap of skill and ambition, a tripwire for the cocky swagger, Broomfield was a horror story for away teams and worth a goal of a start to Airdrie. And when it was finally bulldozed in the summer of 1994, 
you could almost hear cheers in the wind from past players, managers, club and match officials, journalists and away fans, all of whom were no doubt ecstatic at the thought of never having to play there again. It will come as no surprise then that I quite liked it. Thank you for listening to the OTL podcast. Thanks as always to our panellists, John O'Brien, Brian Smith and Alan Porteous. Thanks to Scott Crawford for the original music. To the 4Ls for use of their function suite. To our sponsors, Beer52. And to John Stephen and Robert DL for letting us use their photos and the artwork.